Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Your Greatest Worth podcast, where we are living real, not perfect. We are Nicole and Katie, and we have a passion for guiding other women toward living a whole and authentic life, free from comparison and the other bullshit that holds us back from being, well, us. We believe you don't have to hustle for your worth. We also believe in being vulnerable, nixing the shame, rumbling with hard stuff, owning your worth, rising and lifting others. If you feel the same, you're in the right place. Let's jump in. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Your Greatest Worth. Today, Katie is missing again, so that means that we are talking about all things money. And I went back in the archives and I was like, what do I want to talk about this week? And I found a blog where I talked about how um, to be a minimalist with your money. And that was one thing that I really noticed as I started working on my money is that I became, that I used minimalist tendencies and, and applied them to my money. So this episode is nine tips on how to become a minimalist with your money. Um, and for those of you that are watching, this is the first episode that I am also going to be videoing and putting on my YouTube channel. So if you don't want to just listen, if you want to get the whole, uh, picture of what, uh, I look like, what I'm talking about, I've got my start today hat on because whenever I try something new, I'm starting today. So we're just doing this. We are going to record it. So it's going to be a little rough. I'm just recording it on my phone, seeing how it goes. Um, anyway, so if you want to watch, you can head to the YouTube channel. I will link to that in the show notes. But, okay, let's get started. So I want to talk about just kind of like what minimalism is and how I have used that to apply to my money. Basically, what minimalism has always been to me is it's always just been a tool for me to be more intentional and to be, um, you know, like make better better choices that actually align with what I want. So my vision and my values. And if we're talking about money, my money focus, but even your money focus pretty much always comes into play because money just basically always comes into play when you're making purchases. And, um, so there's this blog that I found, it was called no sidebar and I'll link to this in the show notes. Um, but she talks about how she feels like there are five different types of minimalists. And they say that minimalism, or she says that minimalism is living with less for the sake of more. So more time, more energy, and more freedom. And that is 100% what I'm hoping you will gain um, when you take a minimalist approach with your money. So her five different types of minimalists are the essentialist, the experientialist, the enoughist, the eco-minimalist, and the soul-minimalist. And basically, I would say just go, you can go to her blog, figure out which one you are, which one you relate to the most. And I'm going to read you um, about the soul-minimalist, which is the one that I really related to the most. So here is her definition from there. The soul-minimalist cherishes stillness of soul and works to keep mental and spiritual clutter to a minimum. Practices of quiet, mindfulness, stillness, and listening are all important here. Your style of simple living doesn't have to look exactly like anyone else's. What matters is that you are intentionally eliminating what you don't need to make room for what's most important. 
you're being mindful of the impact your choices have on your relationships, your finances, and the wider world. You are more than a label and you're investing in what matters. You're living your own story. You can design the life you want to live. I mean, heck to the stinking yes. That is 100% how I feel about just money in general, like how I want people to be living with their money so that it's not ruling them, debt's not ruling them, that they are just being so intentional and mindful about what they want. Um, and then it, with that, like a side effect of that comes like joy and freedom and reaching your dream. So uh, basically what I want to talk about is how important it is to have a vision and a values system and a money focus um, defined in order to to be a minimalist, to be a money minimalist. Because being a money minimalist is basically only saying yes to what aligns with your vision and values and your money focus. It means that you say yes to what aligns to it and is within the limits of your budget, but then you get to say no to those other things. And you don't say no with like guilt or embarrassment or even just like, oh, I really wish I could do that. Because if you really wish you could do that, that means it lines up with your vision and your values and your focus. Um, so you get to decide what your limits are and then what dreams you're chasing. So those visions and values are up to you. Um, value, defining your values is step two of the greatest worth process. Um, defining your vision and money focus, basically breaking it down into one money focus, is step three of the greatest worth process. So we're going to talk a lot about those two steps of the process and how crucial they are to do before you even um, start to make a budget, which is actually step four of the greatest worth process. So for example, some things that you might want to say no to being a money minimalist is saying no to the preschool birthday party that you were invited to this weekend. So do you really need to forego some rest and ease and surround yourself with noise and buy a gift for a child that you don't really know um, and neither does your preschooler really know them? Just trying to throw that out there, like those are the kinds of choices and intentionality as a money minimalist that you will start to do. So I'm going to skip forward um, through this blog post a bit, and I'm just going to start get, getting to the nine tips. So I've kind of defined nine tips that, you know, Sam and I have kind of used over the years that I have um, honed down and, and basically realized, like, this is the way a minimalist would live. And this is, so this is the way I'm saying a money minimalist live. So tip number one, this is something we've kind of talked about already. We live and spend by our vision and our values, like 100%. And then we even break it down even more, our vision and create a money focus, which is what I teach you to do in step three of the process, of greatest worth process. And then we even get even like clear on what our focus is for this short term and live by that as well. So it. Once you do the work of step two and step three, 
and begin living from a place of authenticity to yourself and you won't be stuck comparing your clothes and your body and your house and your car and your money life to everyone else. It will change your life. So no matter what other people are doing or driving or wearing, um, because you'll know where your priorities are for spending and saving, you'll begin spending in a way that will represent your vision and your values and your focus. And, and the other side effect that kind of comes from this is you'll feel so much less anxious about the choices you're making and about your future because you'll know that you're actually taking action to move you towards that vision that you have for yourself. Um, so when I have you do the vision, it's a 10-year vision. And often, you know, that's so far out that people get pretty anxious and they're like, I don't even know how to take steps towards that. Well, I help you break it down and then I help you create a focus so that um, anything you do that is working on that focus will get you closer to that 10-year vision of yourself. So for each of the tips, I've kind of broken it down into how uh, Sam and I do this or how I do this. So how I do this first step of living and spending by my vision and values, besides what we've already talked about, is we take time quarterly to kind of realign ourselves with our vision, with our values, and our focus. And then we'll actually go through our spending and our budget categories and make sure that they're aligning with those three things. Like, are we making spending choices that are aligning with those three things? Because that's when you're really going to feel um, some ease with your budget and some like momentum and fire, if that makes any sense. It makes it like you get so excited and, and jacked up because all of your energy is going towards um, the things that you actually want to make happen, you know? So that's important. Okay, tip number two for uh, how to become a money minimalist is only buy what you need. So now I know this sounds a little boring, like you're only buying groceries and gas and tampons, and that's not at all what I'm saying. I want you to know that. But it's time to start reprogramming our minds to what is a need versus a want. And wants aren't necessarily bad as long as you have them budgeted. And often, like, they are working towards your focus, right? So, for example, if we can just shift our mindsets to only buy what we need and not follow, like, sales or deals, or um, then basically our bank accounts will begin to grow. But also shifting our mindsets into the long-term vision we create, so that's our step three of the process where we create our vision. So we're going to shift our mindsets into the long-term rather than the short-term immediate gratification that we're so used to pursuing. Um, something Rachel Hollis says that I actually got printed on a notebook so that I could see it every day is nothing that lasts is accomplished quickly. And that really hit me because I'm so bad about, it's really hard for me to just keep focusing on the long, long term, right? Like with, like with building a business, that is such a long-term endeavor. It's not like a quick um, turnaround. You don't have like quick success. So it's one of those things that I want to really stay focused on because I know that this message is so important to women and um, 
women being like their authentic selves and living fully into who they are. I know that when you can get control of your money, like basically you can do anything. So it's just really important to kind of keep your eye on the long term and understand that the long term is actually what's more important than going out to eat with your friends or, um, and I always say go out to eat because that's something Sam and I do a lot and we tend to spend a lot of money on dining out, but there are other things that people spend money on. Like maybe you really like clothes and you spend a lot of money on clothes. Like is having a, a new wardrobe every six weeks important enough to you that you are going to forego the, that long-term vision of yourself? Like that's really the question you have to ask yourself. So that brings me to how I do this. So before every purchase, you know, it's usually like a big purchase or purchases that I know like dining out that are kind of like my weak point. So is this thing I'm going to buy getting me closer to my vision or is it, be, is it bringing me closer to financial freedom, which is a huge part of my 10-year vision? And those are kind of big questions, and I know that that can be hard for people to really kind of hone in on. But if you just stop and ask yourself, you know, a couple questions before you make the purchase, you might decide that sometimes it's a no, and you might decide that sometimes it's a yes. Like maybe this outfit is going to make you feel like a badass for some speaking gig that you have for your business or whatever, and so you really need it this time. Um, but there will probably be times where you're, you'll tell yourself no. And then you'll see that your bank account will start growing because you'll have an extra that you can start putting towards your money focus. So that's kind of how we do that. So tip number three for becoming a minim money minimalist is to change your money story from I'll always have debt or it's normal to have debt to I will pay for things with cash. Okay, so our society has 100% taught us that in order to go to college, you have to take out student loans, and student loans are good debt. Well, I call bullshit. I, I mean, are you feeling like your student loans are good debt right now? Are they helping you? Um, maybe they got you a degree, but do you feel like maybe you could have gone to a school that would have been cheaper? I mean, there were so many ways that I could have done things differently so that I didn't have that debt. And I, I went to physical therapy school, which was a grad program, and it was pretty like intense. You didn't have a lot of time to work extra jobs. But I know that there are things that I could have done um, to take out less loans, at least. Um, things could have been different. So our, our society has taught us in order to buy a car, you have to have a loan. And that's just not true. We've had we haven't had a car loan since 2010. Our society has taught us that you need a credit card in case of emergencies. No, you actually need a savings account with money saved in case of emergencies. Like there are so many things that are just kind of normal in our society that you can just decide right now that you don't agree with anymore and they are not going to be part of your belief system anymore. The best way to kind of do this is to decide right now that you're going to pay cash for things and or you're not going to buy it. So when I say cash, it doesn't have to be physical cash, but it has to be paid for with money you have saved in the bank, right? Stop buying things on credit. 
And taking action on this subject and actually buying things with, with cash is the best way to get rid of that debt money story that's rattling around with your in your brain because basically your brain will be like, oh, it is possible to buy things with cash. I don't have to use credit. So how I do this or did this, because um, I definitely have changed this belief for myself, is I just created an affirmation of I can pay for things with cash. And you will say this to yourself out loud. You can write it on your mirror. Um, uh, like in, in the morning when you wake up in the bathroom, you'll see it on the mirror. You write it in your journal daily. I use the Start Today journal. Here it is right here with Rachel Hollis. And so it has all these spaces, gratitudes, and your dreams and the goal you're working on. Well, you could just write your affirmation at the top. So whatever um, journal you use, or if it's just like a notebook, write it in your notebook. When I was doing these kinds of affirmations, I would write it like 20 times. Like I was in trouble in sixth grade or something and I had to write lines. Um, it will change things. I It seems so weird. A belief that you have is just a thought that you have decided is true. That's it. So you can now take this thought that I can pay for things with cash and decide that it's true and make that your new truth. And that that's, sounds ridiculously simple, and it is ridiculously simple. Tip number four, this is another, sorry, that was three, four. <laughs> you can't see me if you're on the podcast, but I held up three fingers instead of four. Okay, tip number four for how to become a money minimalist is to decide that consumption is a trap. So this is kind of related to tip number three because now you've decided that you can pay for things with cash. But part of the, um, the society and the kind of traps that we believe is that we have to buy things and that buying things on credit is okay and then buying things um, when you don't, don't have the money for them, when you're not ready for them. Even with house purchasing, the amount of loan that you can get compared to um, how much you can actually afford is not cool. Like it really can it really can crush you. You can end up getting mortgages that are like 50% of your take-home pay and that can just crush you. So how many times have you bought a thing on credit only to have your desire for the next thing take over? So you thought you had to have that thing and if you just had that house or you just had those clothes or you just had that car, then I would be so happy. Well, it's flat out lie, right? I mean, you figured that out, that it's a lie and that things are not what make us happy. I'm gonna have you go back to step one, step two, step three of the greatest worth process. You can get those workbooks on my site. They are not expensive workbooks. You can get them each and you can start working through them and figuring out actually what will make you happy, what will create your happiness. So how I do this, how I actually decided that consumption was a trap is that I wrote out my 10-year vision. Once again, that's step three of the greatest worth process. And I broke that down into goals and then I break that down into a money focus for the season. And that keeps me crystal clear on what I actually want and what will bring me 
what will bring joy into my life. And it helps me say no to the daily spending temptations that aren't in line with that focus. So daily spending temptations could be like dining out, like a lot of people eat out for lunch every day. It can be Starbucks, right? I mean, that for me, that is a daily spending temptation. I could get coffee every day. Um, but I know that right now I'm not in a place financially where that aligns at all with my focus and my vision. Our focus currently is to pay off our mortgage because we want even more freedom in our life and this and, a, and not having a mortgage payment would create tremendous freedom for us. So that is our focus. Hopefully within the next five years, we're hoping to get that done. So we're really excited about that. So we know that like going to Starbucks every day, we actually could do it. We could afford it, but we know that it's not lining up with our 10-year vision, which is what will actually bring like joy and freedom into our life. So you've just got to decide that consumption is a trap and only consume, right, what you actually want and what aligns with who you are and your vision and your values and your focus. Okay. Tip number five, we're, we're, we're near the end here. So tip number five um, that I think is really awesome. It's almost like a side effect. It's not really a tip, but, but that minimalism will decrease clutter. So there is so much stuff in our life these days, and especially in modern American culture, there's just like kids have so much stuff and we have so much stuff and our houses are like full of stuff. And I'm going to tell you, as you start to become a minimalist, a money minimalist, especially, you might find yourself selling things on Facebook Marketplace, um, finding things that just like don't line up with who you are anymore. And you'll be like, why did we ever buy those? That's what ended up happening with us. And then as we did that, when when I when I started getting less actual physical clutter in my house, I also started having less worry and less anxiety and less overwhelm. And it's, I, I don't actually know, like, is it cause and effect or is it a correlation? And the thing is, it doesn't really matter to me. And what matters to me is that I know now that I have less mental clutter than I did before making the shift which allowed me to start a business. It allows me to be present in women's lives and help create change for them. It allows me to be like fulfilled and on fire and excited every day. It has allowed me to create an exercise routine that has like changed my entire life and, you know, built confidence and um, changed my body even. I feel so strong. So, it's interesting that just getting rid of like physical clutter in our house has changed that. And it totally has. So I just want to encourage you that it is um, a cool side effect. But you do have to like take action um, to make that happen. How I actually created less physical um, clutter in our house was, number one, I practiced stillness and a morning routine daily to reconnect with my vision, values, and money focus. And that includes going through my start today journal every day. And then I regularly, this is also usually once quarterly, I help my children go through their clothes and their toys and their closets and under their beds. 
and I donate to Goodwill. If there's anything in there that I'm like, oh, you know, maybe like a friend would want this. This is still really nice. Or we sell it on, we've had really good luck with Facebook Marketplace. I would highly recommend them. I also attend multiple personal development retreats annually and I'm constantly reading books that help me dream big and live into the best version of myself. Because I have so much less like clutter in my house and in my mind, I am able to fill it with all these other amazing things that um, just have created such amazing change. Not just change for change's sake, but amazing um, connections and creativity. And um, if you ever, if you guys have ever read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks about how all, how creativity is like everywhere, and if we're like paying attention, we can hear it and collaborate with it, if that makes any sense to you. But it was just a really cool way for me to like think about it. And I think like if you get rid of your physical clutter and your mental clutter, you are going to be present for your creativity. And, you know, being creative is like when I feel alive. So yeah, it's really, it's been a life changer to just get rid of the clutter. Okay, tip number six for becoming a money minimalist is time y'all you got to track your spending and use a budget so they're pretty much the same thing to me when you use a budget you track your spending we use YNAB we have for years I'll link to it we recommend it for everyone always I've even if you're part of my Facebook uh, group there's a whole free video it's like an hour long on how to set up your first budget so that you can get over the like tech phobic part of, you know, starting the budget online. But being a money minimalist is all about being intentional with what you use your money on. And the best tool I know to help you be super intentional with your money is a budget. And while I think that a budget can be minimalist and that you're only budgeting for true expenses and not on extras, I think there's more to minimalist finances that, like, than that. And what I mean is just what we've been talking about this entire time is so you're using as you're using the budget as a tool so that you can use your money to fund your vision and your values and your focus. You don't care anymore what your neighbor is buying. You're only spending on things that matter to you. And a budget is 100% the best tool I know of to get you to be doing that and to to be tracking all of your money. So how we do it, we have a zero-based budget that we set up. I will I will link to, all, all of these links are within the blog post, which I will link to the blog post too. So what a zero-based budget is, we use a zero-based budget. We do that on YNAB, which is an online budgeting software. It stands for You Need a Budget. And we hold weekly budget meetings together to make sure we're staying on track and true to our money focus, vision, and values. And then just more practically, we're making sure we're staying within budget, right? So we go through our categories, just make sure we're not overspending in anything. And if we notice, you know, if it's the end of the month and we're like, oh, we only have 10 bucks left in dining out, it looks like we can't really dine out for the rest of the month or we'll have to move money from another category into dining out. That kind of thing. That's what we do in our budget meetings. Okay. Tip number seven for becoming a money minimalist is to automate your payments. 
And I think probably most people do these these days, but Sense of Money Minimalist is going to clear out clutter and clear out stress. If you have a budget in place, and if you're using YNAB, like I talked about, YNAB kind of like stores your money in a virtual money envelope. So if you're using YNAB and you know that the money is in the virtual money envelope, then you know it's safe to pay for that bill. So we budget for the entire month. We're self-employed, so we can just transfer money for the entire month um, and just budget everything out. So we know that, honestly, we could pay every bill on the first if we wanted to, but we just have it set up. So how we do this is I set up bills pay through my bank and then have all of my payments coming from my person, personal checking account at my bank, and the bank pushes out those payments to all the different, um, you know, whether it's a credit card or our utilities, our phone, our mortgage, everything comes from the bank. I think it's better for like identity theft, just have everything in one place, but also it's easier to just kind of see, it's just simpler, right? Which is what a minimalist is all about. Rather than having to log into all these different accounts to pay bills or to automate, you just automate it all through your bank. It has been kind of a life changer. Okay, tip number eight for becoming a money minimalist is to simplify your accounts. So I kind of talked about this with the bill payment, but the um, what I'm talking about more here is to just basically have one checking account and one savings account and then be done with it. Because if you're using, um, if you're trying to set up YNAB, which we talked about in step six, I think, to start a budget. But if you're trying to set up YNAB and you have five different credit cards and a debit card and a card that's attached to your secret checking account that your husband doesn't know about, basically. Like all of that makes things much more complicated. So what I tell my clients when they're just starting out with YNAB especially is to stop using all of your credit cards and just use your checking account to do transactions. So when you're at the grocery store and wherever you are, you are using your checking account for the next month. And it will simplify everything because all of the transactions will be on one account. You only have to link one account to YNAB for right now. It basically gets a lot more complicated the more accounts you have. So start with one checking account, start with one savings account, and then as you get better, which you will, it'll just take, honestly, a couple months to get pretty good at the software, you can add your credit cards counts if that's really important to you. So how we do this is we kind of started out the way I just said, where we had one checking account, one savings account. So we even have a joint checking account. I know a lot of married people have two different checking accounts, but like I said, that's going to make it more complicated. So if you can have just one, at least for the month that you're setting up your budget, it's going to make things much easier. We have a main savings account that holds our emergency fund. And then we have another savings account that holds the savings for our current money focus, which is to pay off our mortgage. So we're, we're actually just kind of like funneling money as much as we can into that savings account. And we're, we're just going to pay off the mortgage in one fell swoop once we get the money saved up. Um, so we're not making payments as we go necessarily. 
We do use credit cards now. I'm going to be honest with you in our money journey, but we are so disciplined with our money that it's very easy for us to pay them off every month. YNAB makes it really easy for you to ensure that it takes the money out of your checking account and puts it into a virtual envelope to pay that credit card at the end of the month. Um, so I, I really say be as minimalist as possible. Um, for now, it's really going to make your life so much easier. So one checking account, one savings account. Okay, last tip for becoming a money minimalist is to check in on your money weekly. Now, we've tried doing this many different ways. So we've done monthly budget check-ins every couple weeks. We've tried daily. You know, right now, as right now, it's part of last 90 days and it's I'm kind of checking in daily on my money. And that's just been a way for me to stay really focused in these last 90 days of the year on my money focus and my vision and to make sure our spending is aligning with those two things. For beginners, often daily is a bit much, but checking on your money weekly is a nice balance because it feels attainable enough to not be impossible. It doesn't allow too many transactions to pile up in your budget as to be like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. Um, and, it, and it also allows you to stay aligned with your vision. But it keeps like the numbers part of budgeting much more manageable. So the longer you wait, so if you wait like two weeks, it's like all the transactions pile up. You'll kind of forget what you spent at Target. You don't know how to categorize it. So the more often you do it, sometimes I'll tell clients, you know, every three days, you don't have to do it daily, but maybe if you did it every three days, that would make it a lot. It, it just makes it easier. It basically makes it a five minute process rather than an hour long process. So you can decide, like if you want to just spend five, 10 minutes on something, check in on your money every couple days, but at least weekly. So how we do this, Sam and I like to have weekly money meetings. We actually have the Monday calendar. It's every Monday night after the kids are in bed. We brew some tea. We sit on the couch with the laptop open. We balance all the accounts in YNAB on our budget. And then we talk about you know, how we're doing, working towards our current money focus. If there's anything we can do better, we'll talk about highs and lows, like how we're feeling about our money. You know, it's also just kind of a time to reconnect because money is so connected with our everyday lives. You'll find you'll just start talking about um, your life and how things are going. And I know that sounds like completely nerdy. I, it's not that nerdy. You'll find it's actually a really connecting um, and awesome experience for you, I hope. So that's it. That are the nine tips that we have used to become money minimalists in our life. If you even just start implementing one or two of these and turn them into action steps, I 100% know you will change your life. And I know that this might be a big mind shift for a lot of you, but Shifting our mindset is a huge part of becoming a money minimalist and becoming intentional with your money and using your money as a tool rather than your money kind of driving you. Like that's not at all how you want to live your life. I know you don't. I've talked to you guys. 
ultimately becoming a money minimalist is so that you can have more money to use on your vision, your values, and your focus. And those are the things that are actually going to bring you joy. So remember, step one of the process is your money mindset and your money story. Step two is uh, defining your values. Step three is creating a vision. Step four is actually setting up the budget. All of those can be found in the shop. You can get workbooks for all of those. Step four includes a um, video. So you get all of that uh, included with the workbook. So you guys, this, is, um, this has been a life changer for me using minimalist properties. I don't know, but kind of a, putting them towards my money has just changed my life. Like minimalism is more a philosophy than it is like a thing you do or like a noun, you know? Um, and it has like opened my mind to so many possibilities and I hope it will you, you too. So if you want to talk more about this, you can head to The Greatest Worth Family, um, my Facebook group, which I will link to. You can DM me on Facebook, Instagram. You can email me at hello at greatestworth.com. I would just love to hear from you and hear what you're thinking about minimalism. I hope to hear from you guys soon. Bye.